Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Action Movie Rewind, where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent, popular action movies of all time here on Mackie and Judd. You can find a full catalog of, so we've rebooted the franchise here a few months ago, and you can find a full catalog of the rebooted Action Movie Rewinds on the Score North YouTube channel, just on the homepage. We have them on a playlist for you, and every Friday slash Saturday on uh, the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. And gentlemen, we go back to a glorious year in the history of action movies, 1997, Con Air, starring Nicolas Cage and others we'll get to. Uh, before we dive into the summary here, now, Judd, you've seen this before. We did the review on this in the in original a few years ago. Yeah. Dex, you've never seen this movie before. Never seen it until a few days ago. I can't believe you've never seen this before. Wow. I have like, takes. This, this is so up the Declan Alley. I would have thought like your brother would have had you mm-hmm. watch her. Yeah, you were like a little kid when this movie came out, weren't like you? Four, yeah, four or five when it came out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's the summary: Just paroled Army Ranger Cameron Poe, played by <laughs> Nicolas Cage, is headed back to his wife Monica Potter, but must fly home aboard a prison transport flight dubbed Jailbird with some of the worst criminals alive, mm-hmm. along with Diamond Dog. And Baby O, genius killer Cyrus the Virus Grissom, unleashes a violent escape plot in mid-flight. Secretly working with U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, Cameron Poe tries to foil Cyrus the Virus's plan. 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Inexplicably low percentage there. Really? Yeah. yeah. The critics' consensus wow. on Rotten Tomatoes says this. Conair won't win any awards for believability. And all involved seem cheerfully aware of it, making some of this blockbuster action outing's biggest flaws fairly easy to forgive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seventy-five million budget turned into two hundred twenty-four million dollars at the box office. Nicholas Cage, Monica Potter, John Malkovich, John Cusack, Dave Chappelle, Ving Rhames, Steve Buscemi, Danny Trejo, all star in this all movie. Star. So good. <laughs> So ridiculous was, was uh, Face Off the same year as well. Was Face Off ninety seven? Yes, yes, it was. How ma- so? Nick Cage films in that year alone brought Dude. in five hundred, more than five hundred. Oh man, yeah. I mean, so this here's the funny thing about this one. This was not even wow. one of the top ten grossing movies in America in nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven is a bizarre year. Let me pull this up here. This is it's crazy. A, yes. 
So uh, 1997. Let's let me just search by uh, movies by uh, box office revenue because this is the year that Titanic came out too, if I'm not mistaken. Still never seen it. So domestic box for 19. You still never seen Titanic? I never will. I think either. it's the most overrated film. Like Nobody of all is time, going to but... make me what? watch that piece of trick. Yeah. And I I like what's his. What's wrong with, with you guys? Film. No, it, that movie is terrible. Is magnificent, but I am awful. not going to. How about this? Titanic came out on December 19th of 1997 and was still the seventh highest grossing film of 1997. Oh, I believe that. I mean, a lot of people loved it. I just think it's direct. Men in Black was number one. Wow. That was a July 2nd release. Wow. That's shocking. The Jurassic Park sequel came out that That year. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Dude, how huge was Jim Carrey? Liar Liar was the third highest grossing film. Jim Carrey was massive. In with, with all those action films, yeah, Jim Carrey still stuck oh my in there. God, well, but I think I think like a good comedy in Jim Carrey is going to reach a wider range of yeah. people Probably. than an action movie. Wow, Air Force One was fourth. Star Wars Special Edition came out. Apparently, did they like re-release the original Star Wars or something? I don't know what that is. I, I'm a Star Wars nerd. Wow, you don't? No. My best friend's wedding was sixth. Uh, Titanic seventh. Saw that in the theater. Yep. Face Off 8, Batman and Robin, oh, it's and then up. George of the Jungle was 10th, just ahead of Con Air. Out, Con Air was 11th, ahead of Hercules. Jerry Maguire also came oh, out. Great movie. Love Jerry that was Maguire. A, a, that was a mid-December release, and it's, it's still up here. Scream and Scream 2? Did they both? No. I don't know. It's one of the Scream movies. Scream 2, right? Yeah, Scream, Scream 2, probably. And then there was also a Bond movie. Tomorrow I Never Dies Scream. came out. Dude, Tomorrow Never Dies came out the same weekend as Titanic. That's, oh man, that's bad what a year! Planning. So it was George of the Jungle. Was that Brandon Fraser? Yeah, yeah. I think George, I saw that in George, theaters. George of the Jungle, strong as he can be. I never saw that, <laughs> and so I never ridiculous. will see it. Uh, all right, movie snob. I love you. I love how you're like. I'll never see Titanic. I'll never see George of the Jungle. But uh, any Steven Seagal movie from the late oh, 80s, early 90s. It's... I'm on top of Seagal's catalog because I, I think excellence. it's one of the great catalogs that, of all time among actors. Some production notes here. So this movie was produced by the legendary and very rich Jerry Bruckheimer. He is the godfather of action movie production. His net worth is a billion dollars because of action movies and TV shows. So here's just a... Go ahead. Oh, I believe, Phil, that he has a stake in your Seattle Kraken, if I am correct. I think you're right about that. He owns part of the Kraken now. Big hockey game. Here's just a partial resume of movies that he has produced or TV shows. In uh-huh. his career, Beverly Hills Cop, all of them, uh, Top Gun, <laughs> The Rock, Armageddon, Gone in 60 Seconds, Remember the Titans, Pearl Harbor, all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the Bad Boys franchise, and the CSI TV franchise. Think about that career. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, another production note for you guys. The Con Air soundtrack does not include How Do I Live, which was nominated for an Oscar, or Sweet Home Alabama. Which leads me to the question, why would you buy or be interested in the Con Air soundtrack if it didn't include the two songs that were being played on loop throughout the entire movie? Yeah. <laughs> what other songs were there? Uh, I don't so, know. So uh, was how, how Do I Live, was that a song that was around before that film? I believe it was written, written for it. I think it was written, well, it might have been written, like, beforehand, and then they selected it to be yeah. featured okay. on the film. So Trisha Yearwood gotcha. recorded, I think, the Oscar and this movie version. Okay. I feel like Leanne Rimes did a version of this Leanne song. Leanne Rimes is the one too. that it's it's known for, yeah. 
Big okay. Country. Trisha Yearwood did the movie edition, and then Leanne Rimes, like, I think, popularized it in music radio. <laughs> and it was nominated for an Oscar. It was also nominated for a Raspberry as the worst song in a movie. So I don't know how that works. It's so a- great. Anyhow, let's uh, let's start with Declan here because he's never seen this movie before. We sure. go around the room every episode of Action Movie Rewind and deliver our statements about the movie. So, Declan, you're the leadoff hitter. Why, All don't, right. you, why don't you start us off here? The statement is very simple. This is a phenomenal movie, and I'm so yes. upset at myself for never seeing it. Yes. It, is, it is so <laughs> good. Kelsey walked in halfway through and was like, what is this? Like, what are you watching? And I was like, this is, like, first off, you're, you're, you're like 50 minutes entry point here. I'm not going to give you the backstory of what's happened. Uh, but an amazing Kelsey, movie. put the bunny back Kelsey, in the box. put the bunny back in the box. Nick Cage with a southern draw is my favorite Nick Cage I have ever heard. The, the thick southern draw that he has in this movie is my favorite Nick Cage ever. I, I think it's hilarious. It's, it's so... Over the top, but it's also like still believable and stuff. I loved this movie from start to finish. It was exhilarating. I have I have a statement about the early plot that I'll get into in my in the next round. But overall, I loved this movie. It's incredible. I'm so happy that Declan. This it's is incredible. one of my favorite action movies of it's all a, time. It is. It fits our criteria. <laughs> it's so, so well. good. It's so good. But I am going to. I'll jump in line here because I'm going to pick something you just said and turn it into my first statement, which is. Nicholas Cage should win the award for the absolute worst fake Southern drawl <laughs> in the history of cinema. It was so bad. It, it's, oh, and this so is probably good. the fiftieth time I've seen this movie. It is distractingly bad yeah. now that I've seen this movie fifty times. Hana, <laughs> like it's just it's so obviously fake. And do, why did they even need him to have a drawl? I don't know because because he needed he needed okay. to be southern. Like, couldn't he have been from some other part of the country? I, I've got a theory. I think a large part of this film was a send up spoof of stuff because I mean that cast is phenomenal. That, yeah, it's a who's who of actors, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and so here's why I think the cage stuff was a potential send up of sorts. After seeing Face Off. He's really good in Face Off. Like, that guy could act. Like, it, his character was creepy, and then he became the good guy. Um, it's almost like the draw was purposely bad now. I used to think, oh, God, Cage can't act. It's a terrible Southern drawl. <laughs> but after seeing Face Off, done at the same exact time, basically, right? I, wa- I wonder if everyone got to have their fun. <laughs> I think Con Air may have come out. Let's see here. Did it kind of come up before Face Off? Maybe Face Off came out before. But it's the but... same year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just, uh, it's it's hilarious. It's it's a it really, is. really, to me, it's a really bad, really bad Southern accent that we've seen on this one. Anyway, sorry. All right, Judd, go ahead. Um, so when, when we did the review the first time, we talked about this, but I think it's worth focusing on again, and that is John Malkovich is the best bad guy, I think, that we have ever mm-hmm. seen in any of these films. AMR seen some good bad guys, no question about it. But Malkovich, first of all, is an unbelievable actor. He is one of the best. Second of all, that character, just starting with the name, Cyrus the Virus virus. is great. His character is fantastic. Uh, You know, no surprise, Malkovich being Malkovich plays the character perfectly. It is, I mean, it is such an enjoyable role to watch. And there's some great roles. But 
I really think that of all of the bad guys that we have talked about, covered, and rated, John Malkovich remains number one. It's so good. If we and we'll get to the official rating later in the show here, the 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 villain rating. But so he plays Cyrus the Virus in 1997, Con Air, and then a much less viewed movie, but I think it's become such a cult classic. The next year, he plays Teddy KGB in Rounders, opposite Matt Damon. Two of the most iconic and best bad guy performances, one an action movie, the other one more of just like a drama that you'll ever see. So, yeah, he's uh, he was on his A game in this movie for sure. All right, Declan. All right, uh, my next statement is there is no chance, and we don't really explore this much because we just get basically right into him being in prison and then him getting out and him being on the plane all within like a 20-minute window. But we cover seven years, yeah. In, in, in like 16 <laughs> minutes. But, but great. But also, let, let's break down that little bit, that 16 minutes here. Because there is zero chance a Army Ranger who is decorated as him, who is honorably discharged, would get a 10-year prison sentence for manslaughter over some drunken dude at a bar. Th- th- there is no Thank chance you. that would happen. Zero, like, I don't even know if you really get in significant legal trouble. Who Also, no. the, the drunk guy. Who is filing the charges on behalf of the drunk guy? Did the bar bouncer do it? Did his other two imbeciles well, killed do it? But like, but that's my point though. Who, the guy that he killed? Did his wife like bring charges upon? No, I think Nick I think Cage? if if, if someone's dead, yeah, if someone's dead, then the then the like the the it's district attorney or yeah, I guess. But there's okay, you don't have, oh sorry, you don't have any family, so I guess right. uh, this murderer can't be avenged in court. But I agree with what you're saying, which is so this dude's outside. He's being harassed by these guys inside and outside. They break bottles and they have knives. They have they have bottles as right. knives and they have they're going to kill him. They're going to like yes. right. he is standing up for himself. Right. And so why would he get in trouble for this? I get that if you're a boxer or an army ranger, then your hands can be classified as lethal weapons in, in a court of law. But in self-defense, there had to have been a different way to get this guy in prison. But they're trying to show that, like, oh, he's really a likable good guy, and he's... Did you, you know, really care, though? Did you really care? We, well, we needed to know that he had a good soul. Otherwise, the movie doesn't right. make sense. Correct. But they did it quick. I love, to to, uh, to Declan's point, I love the pace of the start of this film. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that part. That part's God, nice. I love that. They just got through everything. Yeah. But then yeah. it's like, No chance. Connie. <laughs> Oh man, there's God, there's so many places to go here. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go here. All right, Steve Buscemi's character, despite being a deranged killer, I love Buscemi. Really makes yeah. you think in this movie. Yep. Yes. Yes. It's typical I have Buscemi. Three quotes from Steve Buscemi's character here that I think I'm gonna throw out. Let's let's just bask in our thoughts here. Okay. This. Define irony. A bunch of idiots dancing on a plane yeah. to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash. <laughs> I I only like recently figured out within like the last year that Leonard Skinner like both of them died in a plane crash. I did not know that actually. I never knew oh, that. that yeah. yeah, it's a great Wikipedia wormhole that I've that I've stumbled upon a few times a year. But yes, that 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 is a excellent first quote, and I love Buscemi in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's a font of misplaced rage. Name your cliche. Mother held him too much or not enough. Last picked a kickball. Last night, sneaky uncle, whatever. Late night, sneaky uncle, whatever. Now he's so angry. Moments of levity actually cause him pain. Gives him headaches. Happiness for that gentleman hurts. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Soul. 
What if I told you Insane was working this 50 one. hours a week in some office for 50 years at the end of the day, at the end of which they tell you to piss off, ending up in some retirement village before hoping to die, before suffering the indignity of trying to make it to the toilet on time. Wouldn't you consider that to be insane? I love him in this movie. When he's singing <laughs> the whole world in his hands as the plane's going down is like legitimately one of the funniest. I was I was cracking up pretty good at that scene. But they also it's kind of cryptic at the end <laughs> yeah. where he's just at the craps table standing next to a woman that he's probably going to murder. Yeah. Right. Yes. Aren't they foreshadowing like, oh, he's he's yes. free and he's probably going to make that woman's face a hat. Yes. <laughs> they had all just clicked. Yes. <laughs> all right, Judd. So I'll play off of that by saying this. And and again, this film this film seemed to understand that it had great actors and like use things cuz yeah, Buscemi's fantastic. But one brilliant thing that they did was and it was spooky, but it was almost reverse spooky was when the little girl and Buscemi are in that like abandoned drained park pool. And and he finds her, and you think he's going to to kill her. My statement is this. They did a marvelous job. The little girl is creepier than Buscemi's character. The little girl is scarier. Like, she's got sunken eyes, mm-hmm. and and she's and they do a great job. She's got this look of, like, yeah, she's, she's crazy. She's for sure a future serial killer herself, Exactly right. right. Yeah. But the, the sneaky thing about this film is they did a lot of little things with that cast that I thought were absolutely brilliant. Some of them were funny and some of them you had to think about a bit, but that's where this film sort of crosses a weird threshold to me of, it, it was like a lot of different things and it, it could be campy at times for sure. But it also, I love the fact that the kid was creepier than the villain. Yeah, this this movie, it's funny because this movie was definitely, it was produced for a mass audience. It wasn't like a highbrow film or anything like that. But there's a lot of smart things in this movie. Yes. Think about most like brute force action movies, the Schwarzenegger movies from the 80s or Stallone action movies. Mm-hmm. If there was a caged, violent, killing criminal in the back of that plane, and and he has X number of kills, and he's being built up as this boy. If if this guy ever gets out, he's going to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Most of these sort of Neanderthal action movies from the previous twenty years would unleash some steroid, you know, some big galoot guy. Yep. And they went the polar opposite when they finally show who this guy is, and it's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, I just love it, man. It's it was smart. It was it was a great twist i guess on on the character i think we're back to declan here in yeah statement okay uh i'll go with this one uh, dave, dave Chappelle deserves better in this film um <laughs> oh it's great death i love I, death. I hated his death i thought his death Pistol? was lame i wanted i wanted a, something a little bit more and he just gets screwed up by the landing gear basically and somehow gets back up into the plane i didn't know i didn't like see how he next necessarily got back inside the plane i just thought he like he got, he got ran caught over. in the gear yeah it killed him um, and then he got launched up into the belly dude, of the plane the song that was playing uh i think it was a summer place by percy faith that instrumental song in the old couple's car it reminded me of that, that family scene. guy scene where the guy is outside and he's stomping around in the mud and it says hiroshima, hiroshima. japan how 1945 could this day get he gets splashed with mud. Oh my gosh! How could this day get any worse? And yeah, 
Like, oh, a bird pooped on my windshield. Oh, this always yeah, happens. Amazing. How could this get any worse enough? Dave um, Chappelle falls. Poor Dave <laughs> Chappelle. Ball, man. I love that. I, I love, and he like is the one that starts, that opens the riot. Basically, he's he's the one who gets Cyrus the virus to basically get unleashed because he sets the guy on fire. Um, as someone who loves Dave Chappelle, like I, I, he is the celebrity I probably have the most unhealthy love for the most. That everyone has some their celebrity obsession. I love me some Dave Chappelle. I saw him live a few weeks ago. I've seen him live now twice. I'll do anything in my power to see him if he's ever here. Uh, but I thought my guy Dave Chappelle deserved a better fate in this movie. I love when he's, he lights the guy in fire and then he starts screaming like, man, what, what, this, what, guy what, just, this guy just spontaneously combusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh. Uh, all right. I think... Um, I think we need to dive into sort of the end of the movie here. There's a couple things to, to nitpick. I'll start with this one. I don't understand why or how Cameron Poe's wife and little girl wound up on the Vegas Strip to meet him after all of the things that happened leading up to it. So oh. why were they, like, being flown to the – so this this plane is crashing, like, on the Vegas Strip. You have no right. idea where it's coming from, so they're just, like – they're just being driven out in some SUV well, to the Vegas Strip while the plane crashes. And then wouldn't you want to give Cameron Poe, I don't know, five minutes to be checked out by the police and security, Cameron maybe take fine. a shower. He's got like a little abrasion on his forehead. Yeah. He's got like a small abrasion. Wouldn't so we what, need to know, too, that like that he didn't commit crimes on the plane? Because all these, all these guys would be arrested for taking over the plane. So how wouldn't there be a court proceeding there. of like he was one of the guys on the plane involved in this? Where wouldn't was he? he going probably, home I'm assuming to. he's violating parole by being a part of this. You know, where was he going home to? A- Alabama, right? I don't know where they were supposed to be going, and like he was catching a ride. So was was it going to? Well, they were landing. I Carson can't remember where City they were supposed was to land. Carson City, Nevada. That was the first place they were going to land. And then I looked it up to Carson City to Vegas, like a flight even, just a flight, is like 90 minutes. Like they're on the oh, polar God. opposites of Nevada. Um, so to your point of how did his wife and kid get there? Like did they fly with John Cusack? Like they, did they, they definitely they had, they had a flight. At one point, one, oh. of the, like, one of the U.S. Marshals told them, hey, we have a plane ready for you. But at that point, right. so, so the wife and the daughter are sitting in the office waiting for Cameron Poe to arrive. And of course the... The marshal guy goes, there's been a slight disturbance or a slight problem. It's like, dude, it ain't slight. The plane was taken over by convicts. Why would they not just stay in the office or stay in a hotel? Why do they need to, like, get on a plane and try and follow Cameron Poe's plane around? And if you're Cameron Poe, again, do you really want to meet your daughter for the first time, bloodied, so you Cusack, know, you, burns all over your arms and stuff? Just, so Cusack's character told his um, subordinates what to do as far as trying to get them there. I feel like that probably existed and they decided it was too long and hacked it out of the film. Cause like it just sort of happens at the end. My guess is that that scene existed like how and why. And they basically said, screw they it. They trimmed 15 minutes out of the movie. And you know what? God bless them for that. 203. <laughs> 203 was perfect. Uh, my my version was 155. I don't know what version. What eight minutes did you get to see that I, I, I think I, I thought I looked up the runtime. I thought it said 203. Hmm. Well, maybe Judd saw eight hmm. extra minutes. Huh? Am I next? I yes. So. Okay. I'm going to give credit here. 1997. And we have reviewed a bunch of films, and a consistent criticism of mine has been special effects. The special effects in this film are good. They hold up for the most part. 
Um, they're not that campy. The Vegas strip scene is actually pretty good. Yeah, well, that's actually how they destroyed the stardust uh, in the teardown. They actually they actually landed a plane full of convicts and and they killed two killed birds with one stone. They filmed the great movie <laughs> and scene killed a bunch of and they destroyed the stardust. It was great. All I know is I have consistently complained about the uh, quality of special effects around this time, and I I still think for this film it's pretty good. What did you really think of solid. the scene where there's an explosion happening and Nicolas Cage is clearly running in slow motion? He's not running. It's not like full speed and they're yes. slowing it down. He's actually running in slow motion. Yes. It's not as bad as the as the boat blowing up in Face Off, where Travolta and Cage are clearly in front of a green screen and going like this. Oh no! Yeah, and then they're like, "Yeah, the boat blew up." You're like, "No, the boat didn't." Oh, that's hilarious, <laughs> Declan. Uh, let's see here. Where, where was my my next? Oh yeah, yeah, my next statement. Uh, this seems like an awful lot just to get to your daughter's birthday party. There is an awful lot going on from Nick Cage. Never seen just, before, just, dude. just, just to get. I know that, but this is an awful lot of steps just to give this little girl a bunny and and make it to the birthday party. Well, but it's for him. It's these are okay. I'm going to piggyback off you here, all right? Because I think we're let's let's go in let's go in tandem here, Shark Tank style on this take. <laughs> it would have been a shorter movie, but Cameron Poe should have just gotten off the plane. Yeah, yeah. When just get off the plane, dude. What do you mean? When they when they stopped, they they were they were going to allow people to get off the plane. No, no, no. Cyrus no. the virus was pushing people to get off the plane. Yeah, but he was not going to leave his friends behind. That's that what was I'm saying. The whole purpose. That's what I'm but, saying. But Just get off the plane, guy. dude. But he was a good guy. They go see your daughter, dude. You've yeah, been in jail for seven years. There's go be a, a good. Go be a good father. Baby, yes. you're going to you're going to protect these killers and these. But he said, "I'm going to go. I'm not going to allow my friend to be killed here." But I'm going to allow my daughter to potentially go with, without a father again for the rest of her life because I'm on this death wish at mission. At least attract. At least attract. Look, I love this film. I'm not going to. I love it too. It I'm just great, I'm, no. Great no one's criticizing the film. film. I'm criticizing Cameron Poe's personal decision yes. to prioritize but, the people on that plane over his own family. But when that's given what makes a him a great guy. That's what made him a ranger of of uh, of no man great, left behind. No man. Yes, he said, "I'm not going to allow." He was not going to allow. The the female guard or his friend to be left behind. I love how Judd got personally offended that we were ripping the movie. No, I love the movie too, but I'm ripping his personal choice. I know, but that's what explained what explained the film was what existed in Cameron Poe's heart to save them. I think I think Cameron Poe is being put on a bit of a pedestal here. Okay, I think Cameron Poe is a guy with more of like a vindictive rage problem. Temper. I think it was more about. Wanting to stick it to Cyrus the virus and these guys because he always has to get the last laugh in the fight. Like it's the same reason why he didn't just get in the car at the beginning of the movie, dude. You don't have to fight everyone. Just, just, just live your life. Be with your family. Be a good father. You don't have to wind up in jail for seven years. He was about to be jumped. He was about to be jumped, and that man took out a knife. Judd, back to you. What was he supposed to do? Um. All right, wardrobe. I'd like to touch on wardrobe here. John Cusack's suit. <laughs> That he wears the entire film is perhaps one of the greatest odes to the 90s that exists in any film right now. I love the oversized, too big, baggy, but yet stylish suit. That is a great suit. Yeah, it looked like one of those Michael Jordan walk into the arena 1996, 97 suits for sure. It's almost like shoulder pads, right? It's not, but it's like, I mean, but that thing is as, it's it's hanging from him. (laughs) Yeah. And this was considered at the time a good look. Yep. The uh, 
the interaction and byplay between John Cusack's Marshall character and the DEA guy was also great throughout this movie. Yes. And the guy's car getting destroyed at the very end. I didn't really like that car. That's what he, he that's like I thought car. that guy would get uh, killed. That's what uh, that's what the guy said when he <clears throat> realized that oh. his car was yeah. taxied off with the plane. Oh, at the end, because of Joel. Yeah. I was tired I didn't really like that anyway. I didn't really like it. Of course you were. Yeah. yeah. All right, back to Declan. Uh, I'm I'm out of statements for this one, but I but I did not know. Did you guys know this when we we didn't do this in our production notes? But the C-123 plane. So I I think that's the one that like is used for, as jailbird. I believe like that's that's the jailbird plane. Uh, th- that was like still in a legitimate plane, and it was sold to like another airline in in 2010, and the plane crashed and like got destroyed in Alaska and killed like all the three members that were on board. Yeah. So like that, that plane really was, yeah. yes, I was like, my mind was blown. It's like a few Wikipedia. years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely freaky. That piece of crap flew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one last statement here. It's, oh, see, see where you guys want to take this, but again, I am not, I love this movie, <laughs> but I need to know what the conversation was like that led to the extra chase scene at the end involving the fire truck in Las Vegas. So here's this whole movie. It it ends in a fiery plane, like a plane crashing on the Vegas Strip, and we've had all of this action and explosion throughout the whole movie. And someone came in, Bruckheimer, whoever it was, and said, not good enough. Yep. We need 20 more minutes. Yep. We need one more massive, mildly unrealistic chase scene. <laughs> yep. It needs to be on the Vegas Strip because it needs to be as big as possible. We need more. And by the way, that plane crash didn't really kill. It killed a couple people, but it, you know, a, a plane crashing at full speed on the Vegas Strip and into different casinos and hotels and signage clearly wouldn't kill everyone. So we and need another way to, to kill some people. Yeah. <laughs> the fuel wouldn't it, ignite. Let's get Cyrus the Virus up on a ladder, running into a skyway of some kind, and then landing on the ground, still not fully dead, and then have some sort of like, uh, I don't even know what you call that, but like a metal compressor thing that crushes his face. You know, how high and drunk were these guys coming up with the last 15 minutes of this movie from the Las Vegas Strip is my, is my question. I'm going to take an educated guess. And I am going to guess that there's a very good chance that last scene was the first thing that they wrote and then backed in and said, okay, how can we get there? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. think you come up with the scene. Like, I think you come up with when, when you're high and drunk, I think you write this great scene or, or envision it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's going to end on the Vegas Strip and we're going to take out casinos and we're going to do this and that. And then the next day, they probably wake up and say, that was a great idea, but... How do we get there? Yeah, no, you're probably right. And then you start to write it backwards. <laughs> I think you're probably right. All right, so I'm out of statements. Judd, you got anything else here before I got we get one, to the rankings? I got, I got one last one. I'd like to tie this in uh, with, as you said before, the other 19 or another 1997 classic that we did a couple weeks ago, Air Force One. What is the one common theme? And I know it's fun, but it, it might be the most unrealistic thing that those two films did of having fights in airplanes with a large door open in the airplane yeah. and people don't fall out. Yeah. Yes. Like, like worse. you would be instantly sucked out on air force one or con air. You would be, when that hatch is open, it's not just a little door. 
you would be instantly sucked out. Yes. Everyone would be sucked out. They'd all be dead. Um, this whole thing of like staging a fight and you can see, you know, you can see the ground and everyone's just fighting away. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And those two films did the exact same thing. Yeah. No, that's Final hilarious. Statement. It was definitely a, a mid to late nineties <laughs> action movie trope of some kind to, to make sure that you get that, that plane door open. So, all right, uh, before we get into the rankings here, we have two ranking categories, the definitive villain rating and then the entertainment value rating here. Let's shout out our friends that are helping keep our lakeside areas clean all summer, Aquaside, Declan. Yeah, shout out to my friends at Aquaside. It's still, we still got a good amount of summer left, and I'm not, I'm not ready to get the countdown to summer going. So uh, make sure that the Aquaside can help you get that lake home or that, that pond you have on your property. Remove it of all of that nasty lake weed and algae you step on. There's nothing worse, right? There's nothing worse than you're trying to enjoy your summer. You're enjoying a nice beverage. You jump off the dock. You jump off the boat, the pontoon, whatever it is, and you step into that lake weed and algae. It's just the worst. Aquaside pellets can help take care of that. It's a safe product, too. It's registered with the EPA and the DNR. They're located in the Twin Cities in White Bear Lake, or you can order them online at Aquaside.com. Aquaside.com. Also, hello to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So Federated has been around for over 100 years helping businesses with risk management tools and resources, and they believe that face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact, which fosters long-term relationships built on trust, is the right way to go about business. That's the Federated way. And uh, you can find out how they can help your business at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay. To this point, in the reboot of Action Movie Rewind, here are the villains that we've ranked. Caster Troy from Face Off is a 9 out of 10. Dom Toretto from Fast and the Furious, 8.2. The Aliens from Independence Day are a 7.8. Surfer Bodie from Point Break is a 7.3. The F5 Tornadoes from Twister are a 6.3. Terrorist Igor from Air Force One is a 6.3. Senator Trent from Hard to Kill is a 3.3. And the British-loving gangster from uh, a British car-loving gangster, the British-loving gangster, uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds is a 1.3. So we're looking on a scale of 1 to 10 here with criteria being how iconic is the villain, how ruthless is the villain, how charismatic is the villain Cyrus the Virus from Con Air? Ten. He's a ten. I reserved. I reserve. I rarely award tens, but I believe that when we did this exercise the first time with Con Air, I gave him a ten. That has not changed. Malkovich. It is a tour de force from John Malkovich. He's a ten. I think Judd's right. I think it's a ten. Um, I mean, just just the name alone, Cyrus the Virus. And he's, he, he's not like a brawny, right? Like, he's not big. He's not he's not as scary as you, you would think just looking at him before he talks. And then you kind of realize, like, oh, my God, this guy is very, like, calculated. He, he's a yeah. great leader, too. He gets all these people to follow his plan and whatnot. So he's a great leader. He's charismatic. Yes, it's a 10. I think it's a 10. I agree it's a 10. Wow. It's a 10. That's the first 10 across the board here in the reboot of Action Movie Rewind. I will say, so he's a he's a genius, brutal killer who has spent 25 of his 39 years on Earth in jail, killed 11 fellow inmates while in jail, and just cold-blooded murdered multiple people point-blank range in this movie. But he does stand up for women. What an interesting character, right? He defended the the woman security guard or police officer on the plane. So he does draw a line with his ruthlessness. He's he's very ruthless, but he does draw a line, respect for women. But it's a 10 out of 10. 
So that makes him the best villain that we have rated so far. Entertainment value. One through ten scale. How entertaining was this movie? Top Gun Maverick is a 9.3 for us. Independence Day was an 8.7. Fast and the Furious, 8.5. Top Gun, 8.3. Air Force One, 8.2. Face Off, an 8. Point Break, 7.8. Twister, 6.7. Hard to Kill, a 5. Gone in 60 Seconds, 4.7. This film meets, again, every criteria. It's a 10. Wow. I'm going to slide in here and keep some suspense. It's a 10 for me, too. It's one of my favorite action movies of all time. It's really good. It's a 9. It's the first time no, I'm, not, I'm not fucking. Oh, no, it's a 9. It's a 9. I'm not fucking. I'm not, I'm not fucking. The, I'm not being convinced. No, I can't. I can't. It's a good It's a really, really good movie. I loved it, and I'm going to watch it again. And if it was on, I, I definitely stop and rewatch what, it. What's, what's stopping you? What stopped you from the extra point? It's It's long. There's there's gigantic plot holes right at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, I don't. Care I don't really. I question some of the the tactics by by Nick Cage too in general. It's good. It's a very. It's a. It's above good. It's just not ten. It's not a ten for me. I honestly think it meets everything that I ask for in this entire AMR series. <laughs> it is a nine. Because, yeah, I mean, it's got Cast, huge plot villain. holes. Yeah. It's got huge plot holes. I don't Excitement. care. Excitement. Yeah. And by the way, if they cut out scenes. Uh, for time that created pl- plot holes, Jerry Bruckheimer, good for you. Bravo. So that makes it a 9.7, still the best action movie that we have reviewed here since rebooting the franchise. So it's 9.7 for this, and what, what's uh, Top Gun? Top Gun Maverick was a 9.3, so okay. I believe we had two nines and a 10. I think I gave it a 10, and you, you guys each gave it a 9. Yeah, that was a 9. And so it is. Uh, it is very solidly the best movie that we have reviewed so far. So uh, we there's a couple. What's the new one coming out with Brad Pitt again? Bullet, Dex? Bullet Train. So we're gonna do we're gonna do Bullet Train at some point here in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we're gonna give it. A, I'm traveling a little bit, and so we're gonna and we're gonna give it some time for people to see in theaters. But we're definitely gonna do that camp. one. I'm, I'm busy too. Oh, you yeah. got Vikings training camp going yeah, I on. I got a lot going on. A lot on my plate. But we're gonna throw it back here. I think I'm looking at some of the movies we did the first iteration of Action Movie Rewind when we were doing it on the radio before Declan was producing for us. And I believe one of the ones that we did before Declan produced for us is Bloodsport. I think that I did that was the first one we ever did. With Declan? Yeah, I think I did no, that. No, no, the, that, no Declan that did not do this. It was you, me, it, Rami, and Jonathan. And did it, it. it was our first one, and you were very disappointed by the grades. No, no from you guys. Outside yeah. of yourself, and you'll be disappointed again. We, we, okay. we did Bloodsport. We did, did it, I, but I, you didn't no, do no, it. No, no, I, I think we did. No. Which no. which which John John Claude Van Damme one did we do then? We did Kickboxer. Kickboxer. Okay, gotcha. And kickbox and look, they're all the same. Yeah, Don't yeah. That's where wrong. I was. I was. I, the the action movie is him kicking someone. So I was like, is this the same thing we've done? So that's where I was. I thought we maybe we, we did it. Not that we, we go from the highs of the high to Bloodsport. Okay, let's do it. Bloodsport. But Bloodsport is one of the biggest like cult favorite action movies. It's it's still oh, it's, on TV rotation on a oh, yeah. monthly basis. So we'll do Bloodsport. Throw it back to the late 80s, and then maybe we'll do... Um, and we have to get back into our Fast and Furious. We should do, like, one one Fast and Furious a month just to play okay. like catch up on those. Skip. So, Which ones should uh, we skip? I, People have chimed in no, on no, this, no, so yep. we should not be skipping these movies. Here, here's the thing. So, yes, <laughs> Tokyo Drift is the one to skip. That was the third one released, and has 
and and you you could skip that one. You could skip okay. that one. The second one has nothing to do with the Toretto's. The Toretto's are not involved at all in the second one. Tyrese Gibson's involved, and then Tyrese also gets back into the fold like in the fifth or sixth iteration of Fast. So th- there's like two different storylines that happen. In, in the, the second one has nothing to do with the first one. But we could do Too Fast, Too Furious. We can. Do I think it. we should do at least the second one at some point, <laughs> okay. and then. And then we can decide from there. I love how this becomes very complicated. <laughs> uh, so blood sport for next week, boys. And uh, then we'll go from there. Action movie rewind where we do deep dives into some of the most popular action movies of all time on Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not to attack of Aloha should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.